Slide on a nigga with the fofo. Fo. Yeah, the fofo. Fo. Slide, slide. Fo, fo. My bitch so loco. Go loco, go loca, go loca. She bust that ass like a lolo. Bust that ass, bust that ass, bust that ass. My bitch go loco, go loco. Maria, Maria, Maria. Slide on a nigga with the fofo. Fo. Slide, slide. Uh, oh, go loco. I put you on a chokehold. Gucci, it is a beautiful Monday morning for you all, but technically for me it's Sunday. I'm actually catching y'all on my cruise back to uh, beautiful SoCal, Irvine to be specific, um, <clears throat> coming from Fresno, the motherlands. So uh, I'd like to start off by apologizing and letting you all know our uh, award-winning listeners the few, the proud that we have, um, that, uh, we are switching things up for the time being, and we'll be posting our weekly episodes on Mondays, um, I think Fridays got a little hectic with work and the gym and whatever the hell else we got going on, so it makes a little more sense to film on Sunday evenings, because for the most part, you should be able to make yourself available between Mr. Guns Up and myself, Degrees, skinniest heavyweights you know, uh, Pretty Boy Swagger, and AKA Wreck It Ralphie. Um, so I do apologize. We're going to start being a little more active on our Instagram. Um, little updates on what's been going on with me personally, uh, just a regular routine, you know, uh, living the, the American dream, waking up at 4 a.m. for the gym, getting to work by 7 30, getting off by 6 or later. And uh, then hopping on the sticks. For those of you that don't know, I'm a big gamer. So catch me on Call of Duty. It's Bobby Light 69. Um, no Bruno. But uh, but yeah, I wanted to give you guys a little um, episode on my, on my drive. We got a four-hour drive. You know, I learned something unique this past week when I was getting a haircut at the barber shop. And uh, that was that living in, in, in uh, Orange County... Uh, I found out that I could get to Vegas quicker than I could get back home to Fresno, which is ironic because when I lived in Fresno, a drive to Vegas was the end of the world for me. Like you couldn't pay me to do that drive alone, um, let alone split it with someone. Like you're always trying to fly when you're going to Vegas, but if you're a cheap ass like me, um, you know, you, you end up driving, but I always thought that was like the most miserable drive. When you factor in traffic and whatnot, at times I'm driving five and a half hours to get from Irvine to Fresno. So realistically, I'm comfortable with a six-hour drive to Vegas now, and uh, that blows my mind a little bit. So definitely stay tuned because I'm going to be making a couple spontaneous Vegas trips in the foreseeable future, um, as long as the money's right, though. But, uh, but I just thought that was a little fun fact. Um, hope you guys are all doing well. Again, happy Monday. Welcome back to Bro Chilla. Switching things up on the schedule. I promise to be consistent with these Mondays. Um, but let's get into it. My first topic here, I'd like to start on my uh, beloved Lakers. Uh, say what you want, but, um, you know, that's me. I'm a Laker fan. So if you like Bro Chilla, then you're going to be forced to hear me rant about them. Um, so a couple things I want to discuss about them. Uh, one is going to be the coaching situation, um, ownership, 
Rob Polinka, what I think is going on with with um, or what should happen with free agency this this off season, what I think will happen realistically. Um, so for starters, the coaching situation, I'd like to congratulate Monty Williams for taking the Phoenix job. I think he made the worst decision you could have made. Um, I, I see the Phoenix situation being appealing in one standpoint to where they do have a young core. And I don't want to say core because in my opinion, they have one, you could say two young, young studs with DeAndre Eaton um, and uh, Devin Booker. But uh, realistically, Booker's a, a, a great talent scoring the ball. Um, I don't think he's a two-way player at all. I think he's undersized. And I think over time, uh, he's going to be one of those players that's going to have to change his game to become more of a pass-first um, perimeter shooter if he really wants to flourish to be a, a superstar in the league because he's not uh, the level player to take over a team and carry them to the playoffs, as you can see. He hasn't done shit for, for, for the Phoenix Suns, um, but, uh, but he's extremely talented, and I know he's going to have a great career. Um, Aiden, uh, he's good, but he's a skinny. He doesn't necessarily shoot well from three. He's not Joel Embiid. He's not Boogie Cousins. So what is he supposed to be in this league as a big man? So that's to be determined. I wish the best for the kid. Uh, Monty Williams' choice to go here uh, was because he felt that the – organizational the organization was uh, better managed sorry I'm drinking a bang right here on the road that's bad radio but um I think that's that's a whole bunch of bs and I'll tell you why in a second but basically he he felt that their their management was was better and not as much turnover and um that uh, they're gonna have a, a, a top pick this off season so he could be going into season with three young young guys that that are you know notable um, names and uh, th- that's cool in, in in LA he had the same situation and you add LeBron James into the mix so I really don't see the, the the balance there in terms of where the team's at right now and what you could do immediately with them it's to be determined what they could become in the future but I wouldn't put my name down on DeAndre A and, and Devin Booker to be this great one-two punch um you know, for the year, next years to come, five years, and Monty Williams' case signed a five-year deal. Um, in the management things, that's bullshit. They're not better managed than the Lakers. That organization has been, you know, a shithole for a while. They had a couple bright years with Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire and the, the crew they had going on there. But um, let's be real. The Lakers could have no team president and still be a better-ran organization um, we're under a lot more spotlight. We're in a bigger market. We're worth a lot more money. And uh, we have a proven success track record. That's why our little mistakes or de- seem detrimental really aren't aren't that that big of mistakes for, for those small market teams that haven't done jack shit. So there's that. I think realistically, Monty Williams took the Suns offer because it was the best offer he could get financially and longevity wise. I know Damo, the Lakers weren't going to give him a five-year deal. I know they weren't going to pay him as much, and I know they weren't going to give him as much power. Uh, you come coach the Lakers. We have LeBron James. That's already taken away from what the head coach can and can't do. You have Jeannie Buss and the Buss family. That's taken away from what the coach can and can't do. And you have Rob Polinka, who's tied to the Buss family and tied to Kobe Bryant and tied to everyone that 
is important to the Laker organization. So I think he felt that he wasn't really part of that 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 inner circle. Um, and uh, that's why I think he ultimately chose the Phoenix shop. But I don't think this is a blow at the Lakers. Um, I did want Monty Williams to be our coach. He was my front runner over Ty Lue, strictly because I was under the mindset that, hey, Monty Williams is still an up-and-coming coach. Um, he could help us with Anthony Davis deal. Uh, you know, the young players can relate to him. He has a relationship with Braun and other superstars like Jimmy Butler that are, is currently in Philly, who's going to be a free agent. So I thought that was going to be big time. But realistically speaking, Ty Lue has been to three NBA championships, has won one, won one with the Lakers. He's been more successful as a player and a coach than Monty Williams. Um, so I think it, it really is a blessing in disguise. And, you know, I, I used to be against wanting to make a, a lot of decisions based off LeBron because I was just kind of still so opposed to the idea that a player like LeBron runs the organization when he's on the team. But then I started thinking, hey, think about these superstar players, Kobe, MJ, both those motherfuckers ran the organizations and they were on the teams too. So it's not like this is something new. It's a tried and true formula. If you have the best player or one of the best players, top three, top two ever on your team, you do what they say. And if they're most comfortable with the coach they're familiar with and Ty Lue, then we hire him. And I'm okay with that now that I've actually started to lay the cards out and actually see um, I think Ty Lue's going to do a great job because he's not scared to, to stand up to LeBron. Um, I think he will develop the young core. Um, not, I, I think they're, they're at where they need to be too. So I think this year is really going to be a lot easier for him because um, these guys, you know, they know what's at stake for them. They've been on the trade block. Uh, they know they're playing for contracts. Ingram had the blood clot situation, so he's thankful to be playing at all. So these guys are going to come out hungry. They have a chip on their shoulder still. Um, so I think Coach Lou is going to come into a great situation. He has not been offered the position yet, but all sources um, are indicating that that's going to be done here soon. It, it should have been done already. So I'm going to make a bet that before end of business on Monday, Tyron Lou will be announced as the Lakers head coach. Uh, how big of a contract he'll get, I, I don't know. Um Definitely through the LeBron span. So I would say three to four years max. Um, probably get a pretty penny as well. I think that's what's held up the, the offer so far. Um, getting the, the most money for Ty Lue's side and uh, his representation, which is smart. Um, that won't come from the Lakers salary. So we're still going to have about $34 million going into the offseason of cap space to sign a, a marquee free agent. Um, so yeah, so that's my coaching uh, bit for the Lakers. I, I think Ty Lue is going to be the, the, the best person for the job. Although I was team Monty Williams, I do see it now a little bit differently. Say what you want, um, about that. But I, I think Ty Lue is going to be the guy and I'm actually going to be really excited to see his press conference and see what his, what his plans are to do with the team. Um, I, I think he's a personable dude. And I think when we're having meetings with, with the Kawhis and the Kyries, um, and, the Jimmy Butlers or James Butlers um, in the off season, I think he's got, he's the type of guy that can sit across from you and really, you know, lay out a, a plan and a formula and kind of get, get you to buy in. So uh, I think that's fantastic. Um, going on to the ownership bit. 
everyone's scrutinizing Jeannie Buss because she's running the Lakers like a mom and pop shop. She's hiring people that are ex-Laker legends. You know, be it as it is, yes, the past couple years have been down, but traditionally that formula has worked. So don't knock the, the woman. It's her team. She could, she has the power to do that, right? She's afforded herself that right. Um, I believe in her. I also think she's a type of gal. You know, she's a woman in power. How's that not appealing? It's the 20th century. If if if, if you're going to have a, a, a owner that's a woman, I think that's nothing but, but a selling point for your organization. And I think she is that mothering, nurturing type. That's why she's always out there trying to defend the young players. Um, yes, it's a business. She's had to make some cutthroat decisions and that's part of it. But I do think she's a mothering, mothering and nurturing type. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, these, these stud athletes, like that's something that, that I think they will gravitate toward when they're in the meeting. And she's, you know, like the, the big, the big boss breezy in charge, honestly. And, um, you know, I know she probably tries to connect with the players on a personal level and, you know, um, she's well tied in the LA community. LeBron probably didn't have to use her resources much, but these other guys, the Kawhis, the guys who don't really have this um, personality like LeBron can use the network she could provide them. And, you know, that, that if all goes well, and if you join the Lakers and all goes well, she's going to take care of you forever. And I think that's something to, to, to take, take with you when you're thinking about joining an organization. You see all the scrutiny she's getting now for, for, for Kobe, for Magic, and for Palinka and keeping people around who have been tied to the organization for years. Well, guess what? That person could be you 20 years down the road, and um, she's going to stand behind you no matter what if you come out there and, and do right by her. So, so I, I think that that's great. You know, um, I, I would like a president that's not tied to the organization, but if the best person for the job is tied to the organization, then so be it. That's all I care about. Um, putting the Lakers in the best position to win. Last topic for the Lakers, I promise. Um, free agency this off season. Everyone's talking shit. Let me just say that right now. Everyone's talking shit. And I bite my tongue because I know that, you know, we do have those fans out there that just think we're going to get every free agent every year. And I joke about it all the time. I'm KD, AD, Kawhi, everyone, Kyrie, they're all coming. Realistically, that won't happen. Um, but I think people need to stop acting like Kawhi to the Lakers isn't realistic. Like everyone's disregarding it and making it sound like a joke because the Clippers had this playoff push and the Clippers have Doc Rivers and they have a billionaire owner that, you know, is, is, is really rich and whatnot. Um, but I'm just going to be real. If you're a big time free agent, you ain't going to the Clippers. It don't matter. Like how, how much better could that team get? So you think about it like this, the Clippers have a good team, right? And everyone says Kawhi is going to go there. Kawhi is going to go there. Kawhi got traded to the Raptors. The Raptors, without Kawhi, have the exact same team that the Clippers have. That's a team that moves the ball around. They play traditional basketball. They can shoot threes. They guard. They play defensively well. They're coached well. And they can win games. They're, they're a team that's solid without a superstar, right? That's what the Clippers are. So if Kawhi really wants to win, if this next decision is really about winning, then why would he go join the Raptors of the West in a more stacked competitive conference? 
why would he do that? Yes, if there's two free agents there, then maybe they, they can compete for a title if Kawhi and KD go there, but that's not going to fucking happen. But why would he go join the Raptors of the West if he just spent a year traded on the real Raptors? So that that's how I feel about that. Um, he ain't going to the Clippers. Mark my words. Kawhi Leonard is not going to the Clippers. If he's not staying in Toronto, which there ain't no way he's doing that either, he's coming to the Lakers. The Lakers have a young core. They have cap space. And the one thing they have that the Clippers don't and the Knicks don't is LeBron James. We already have one superstar. We already have one superstar. Unless you can guarantee that one, that two superstars are going to the Clippers or the Knicks, one of those top three superstars this offseason, Kawhi, KD, or Clay, are coming to the Lakers. Everyone that says they're not are just haters because no one wants to see the Lakers win. And I don't say that coming just from a fan standpoint. Uh, a good example is the Patriots. I fucking hate the Patriots in the NFL. They always win. They're always good. Anytime they get a good player, I'm, I'm pissed off. And that's how it is with the Lakers and the NBA. And that's just the reality of it. Um, so, so that's my opinion on that. I do think we're going to get a Kawhi. Um, if we don't, it's going to be because he and KD or he and Kyrie talked outside of the media and agreed to go together to the Knicks or the, um, the Clippers. So that, that's what I think. Um, I'd say Kawhi's 50% chance Kawhi's going to end up in LA, but if he doesn't, I do think there's another route for us to succeed. Um, two things are going to have to happen. One is going to be, we land Jimmy Butler and or Kimball Walker or both. Um, I think both of those guys are going to be in positions to where they can't really get max deals, or at least super maxes. Um, and I think to join up with LeBron in LA, they would both consider a slight pay cut to, to, to fit within the 35 mil. Um, and then uh, the Lakers will, will probably trade the, uh, 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 a package deal, um, including Lonzo Ball and a couple of the other younger guys and maybe some future draft picks for for um, an Anthony Davis or or a, um, a Bradley Beal. Um, they're going to have to trade some of those, those young guys if we go this route. If we sign Kawhi, they could still try and trade for AD. But if it's not AD, then they should probably just keep those guys around. Because um, if you add Kawhi to the mix with the team we had, we're, we're competing. So, so that's what I think. I think it's going to be Kawhi number one. And if we don't strike gold on him, then definitely move into targeting Jimmy Butler and a Kimball Walker. I think that's gigantic. I think Jimmy's the perfect type of person that won't back down from Braun and is also talented and veteran status level enough to mentor young guys and toughen these guys up. Um, I think due to Ingram's health issues that he'll be the fortunate young Laker that gets to stay around because teams aren't going to want to risk, um, his health on a trade. So I think he would benefit the most from the signing of these types of players. Cause they, they definitely help him out, give him a couple more years to develop coming off the bench. Um, so that's my spiel there. Uh, next I'd like to talk a little bit about 
um, the playoffs in general and let you know how I feel, how, how these series in the second round started to pan out. Sorry, I took another sip of that bang. Uh, Rainbow Unicorn. It's a good flavor. But uh, but uh, I'm surprised about some of these series, or one of them. I'm surprised the Raptors are, you know, not looking so hot. Not that they're not looking so hot, but I'm surprised that they're losing to Philly. Um, despite the level of talent that Philly has on their roster, I just didn't see them meshing. Um, not their personalities. I get that they get along, but I just didn't think they would play well together, especially when, you know, things get tight. And I think that did happen in game one or game two, when it, the game that they lost. And then in, in the series one against Brooklyn. And I think that the addition of Jimmy Butler uh, has really helped them because that's the guy who's probably in the locker room saying, yo, like, cut the BS, this is what we have to do, like, do you, you know, he's painting the picture for them for what they can be versus what they, what they, you know, will, will have missed out on if, if, if they don't play right or, or, or handle business, so, so I'm surprised that the Sixers are taking it to the Raptors, uh, I finally, I'm starting to feel a little more confident in the Sixers, I'm still going for, for the Raptors in the series, but uh, it's clear now that Kawhi's a one-man show there, and uh, he needs help. I never was behind Lowry. I like the guy. Um, I think he's a good point guard, but I've never been like the biggest, his biggest fan. I, I don't think he's, you know, an all-star level point guard, and I think it's showing. So uh, I feel bad for the Raptors because they're always on that, that threshold of breaking through. But um, if you can't do it with Kawhi Leonard, then you can't do it with no one um, unless you have multiple superstars on that team. And that's just, that's that this this whole series is exposing that no matter how much better of a team you are, because I believe the Raptors are a better team than the Sixers, you can't win in the current NBA without multiple superstars. The Raptors are better than the Sixers, but at the end of the day, the Sixers have four superstars on their roster, four guys that they can go to when they need a bucket, four guys that could score on their own without running a play, four guys that could, you know, create offensive possessions could guard defensively. So I think uh, that's just what it's exposing. And Kawhi sees it. He's frustrated by it. You can see it in his body language. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely going to be up out of there. And he's not going to go join the Raptors of the West. So get that out of your head. Um, the rest of the series, I think, are pretty much where you want them to be. I do think that Houston and, and Golden State, I wish that would have been a little more competitive. And the games have been good. But I think that we were all expecting Houston to come in with their momentum and kind of take one in Oracle um, in game one or two, and they didn't. Um, I think they're complaining a little too much, and it's a little annoying. But uh, but uh, they took game three, so it should get a little more interesting if they could take game two. Um, Houston seems to always be a team that never gets off to a quick start. Look at their regular season. They started horribly, and then I think they finished third or fourth in the in the West. I'm, I'm not sure. Don't back check um but uh but yeah they got it together so I think that's what what's going to happen here is they won game two they're going to come in and, or game three they're going to come in and win game four they're going to go back to Oakland it's going to be zero zero right so let's see what happens there I I'm still picking that to go seven games if the Rockets could win their next game against the the Warriors which is game four um Portland and uh the Nuggets 
I think that's a fucking fantastic series. Um, not as entertaining for four quarters, but you know, in the, in crunch time, both games have been very good. And, um, I think that, uh, Portland should take this. This is, this is the interesting year for Portland. Uh, you know, they lost one of their best players and they're still rocking and rolling. I think that they don't have enough to get past Golden State, but CJ McCollum and Dame, Dame Lillard, they're, they're great. And, uh, I think they're going to get past the Nuggets and battle, battle in the Western Conference Finals. Um, if they face Houston for some magnificent reason, they're going to the championship. If it's Golden State, they're just going to be outgunned, plain and simple. Um, East, Boston and Milwaukee. Boston shocked me that first game. Everything else since then hasn't shocked me at all. Milwaukee's the best team in the NBA behind the Warriors, and they should cakewalk into the championship from the Eastern Conference. Um, that game one was one of those things. I think the first time all season, Milwaukee was um, uh, a typical first one seed, you know, overconfident, maybe a little comfortable, and that's what uh, what led to to their their loss. So I don't think – they might lose another game, just one, though, but I don't think Boston has a chance in that series. And I hope not because I, I love how um, – you know, the Pelicans didn't trade AD to the Lakers in the season because they wanted to see this package Boston was going to give them. Well, seems like you fucked up because the, the package you wanted with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and this young core looks like garbage right now. Garbage. Jason Tatum's averaging four points a game in this series. Four points a game. He hasn't hit one three-pointer in three games. So, yeah, take that over the package you were going to get from the Lakers, Pelicans. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Uh, that That's my NBA little 360 right now. I know D'Angelo Russell just got busted for smoking the weed, man. And, uh, yeah, I feel bad for the guy. I'm a, I'm a big D'Lo fan, so that kind of sucks. I, I don't think realistically what's the NBA going to do, find him and you know, make him set out a couple games in the beginning of the season. So I don't think much will come from it from him. I think it's another learning experience for, for him. Um, not that I think it's wrong that he was uh, having marijuana on him. I'm sure a lot of these players do that and, you know, take care of themselves to where when they're getting tested, they're, they're clean. Um, not that they should be, but I just think you should be smarter than that to try to take that stuff on a plane. Um, so I think it makes him look bad most definitely. And, uh, it's a big off season coming up for Brooklyn cause they have a couple max spots, I think to this off season and D'Lo grew a lot from his getting Nick Young busted for cheating on Iggy Azalea days. And I think this kind of backtracked a little bit and these guys like KD and Kawhi, they don't want to be around stuff like that. No one wants to be around stuff like that. So, uh, grow up a little bit D'Lo. And, uh, yeah, uh, that, that should do it for the NBA. Um, you'll hear from me more if anything comes up. Uh, again, other than that, um, haven't watched too much hockey. Been following the Dodgers a little bit. Um, seems like they're finally starting to get on a little win streak again, so hopefully they can keep that up. Uh, other than that, that that's, that's really all I have. Um, 
football season is going to be right around the corner now that the draft is done. So uh, a little bit about, about that there is, um, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of teams with question marks that made a lot of moves this offseason, a.k.a. the Raiders, a.k.a. the Browns, uh, the Cardinals even, um, you know. So I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, fantasy football season is going to be awesome on the podcast. And um, we will be working to get our next interview here pretty soon. Uh, I have a couple guys that want to come on and talk baseball. Uh, we have a couple chicks I want to interview. So uh, we're going to get things on and cracking for y'all. Be patient. Uh, we're still in the learning process of how this podcast is going to flourish. And uh, right now we just want to see how we do analytically with um, posting on Mondays instead of Fridays. So, again, thank you for your time. Apologize for the next couple of weeks. Definitely expect to see us on Mondays. Follow us on Instagram, at Brochilla. And, uh, yeah, y'all have a good work week. Yee-hee.